Hi everyone, welcome to Educationally Sound, a podcast by Teacher Learning Network. My name is Amy Cotton and I'm your host for this week. In this podcast, we're keen to listen to the stories of those working in education. Over the weeks, we'll hear from teachers and support staff around Australia. Education is the key to social change, and we wanted to find out how everyone who has dedicated their life to serving the future is going about their job. This means we'll be talking to those enacting widespread change at policy level, to those organising and volunteering at local levels, and, most importantly, to those at the very front line of teaching. For today's episode, we look at the ways in which a small group of volunteers have banded together to support each other professionally and personally. In doing so, they've created a self-sustaining professional learning community that empowers and develops its members with contextually relevant PD and draws from local expertise. Today I'm interviewing Ian Connabeer and Cara Mackay, both of whom volunteer with the Latrobe Valley CRT Network. Hello everyone, my name is Ian Connabeer. I am a casual relief teacher, which we call CRT in Victoria. Um, I'm working usually at one particular primary school in Morwell um, and I am the what's known as the coordinator or I prefer the term facilitator of the Latrobe Valley CRT network. Um, we'll explain that in more detail later. I'm Karen Mackay. Um, my background actually is 30 years teaching in the UK and came over in 2011 and had to start to try and find out about Australian teaching and the curriculum once I'd got through all the paperwork. I found the network via the VIT website at the time, started joining it in December 2011 and by 2013 the group that we were decided that we wanted to regularise the actual group of meetings and sharing materials which we'll talk about later and we set up um, that I said because I'm quite organised that I would do agendas the week before the meetings and do the minutes so even if you couldn't make the meeting minutes are sent out and people are kept in touch and informed of what um, we've discussed and what's new and that seems to work very well and the group are very appreciative of that sort of work that Ian and I do. So our listeners are from all over Australia and maybe all over the world. A casual relief teacher, a CRT, is somebody who's a substitute teacher, an emergency teacher, the term changes around Australia and around the world. Um, can you give us a, a, a quick description of where Morwell is in Victoria? Certainly. Uh, uh, Morwell is in Gippsland, about 160 or so k's from Melbourne, the capital of Victoria, east actually of uh, Melbourne. Um, it's one of the towns in a trio of towns, uh, Terrelgan, Maui and Morwell, um, which make up the Latrobe Valley. Um, and there are quite a number of different towns around smaller towns where there are quite a few Catholic schools, both the secondary uh, Christian schools, grammar schools, and of course, uh, state uh, secondary colleges and state primary schools of various sizes and make up. What sort of impact does uh, the location of um, 
where you live have on your ability to work as a CRT or even access professional development? Being in the valley, uh, being out of uh, where most teachers are in, in the state means that if, if you want to access PD, you need to um, usually drive to Melbourne uh, to get quality PD. Um, but being able to uh, access it via a network that's close to home uh, really helps because it cuts down on the travel time. It actually means that um, you don't have to worry about if your children that you might have to get sat for for the day. All sorts of different reasons um, help, it, help us to have it lo located in our particular area. Is it? Um, the Latrobe Valley itself uh, is about 30 miles from east to west. Uh, well, sorry, I mean 30 kilometres from east to west. Um, and probably about 25 or so kilometres north south. So it's quite a large area to cover. And uh, yeah, so uh, it, it is, you know, just the travel aspect to get to a central location within the Trobe Valley uh, could be 45 minutes for some people. One of the things that I think is important is that we do see ourselves as the Trobe Valley CRT network rather than the Morewell, which is, uh, we meet in Morewell because that was considered one of the best places. And the reason we meet in Morewell is that we needed somewhere that we could all get together and meet up. But of course, we couldn't afford to pay for a venue. So we have had previously schools allowing us to use their facilities after school. Um, and that was because members of staff were involved with those schools and they kindly allowed us as a network to go in. But it kind of dried up a little bit. And then somebody mentioned the AEU had an office in Morwell and the ETU have a beautiful conference room. And so I investigated that and they are really happy to support us. So for the last three years, the AEU and the ETU have actually allowed us to use their conference facilities free of charge. Now, I don't know whether that's unique to our network, because the other thing with our network is we meet monthly and we set monthly meetings in November of the previous academic year. So everybody knows when we're going to have our monthly meetings and we end the year with a social. So that meeting is collegiate discussion in a social environment at one of the local restaurants. I think it's um, when I was in Morwell, there were teachers who had driven an hour to be there and to join in the um, in in the actual CRT network meeting, um, which talks about the importance of it to people, but also the dedication of CRTs to continuing um, not only involvement in a community of teachers, but uh, their professional development with the knock-on impact that has on their teaching practice with students. So I was really impressed with how that's set up. Um, with regards to um, finding places to hold uh, meetings, that's a perpetual problem for teachers all over the world. I love that uh, you finding the, the free venue space that you could use came through basically word of mouth, just asking questions. And somebody eventually said, yeah, there's a room over there. 
Yeah, yeah, that is exactly what happened. It was one of our members who actually suggested, and they have been marvellous with us. They've got new IT in. So last night, trying to do a presentation on cyberbullying and cyber smart, I got a bit caught out because we had to use our hotspot because the IT is not quite up to speed. But it was worked a treat after that, and that went really, really well. So it has been a bonus. You're right, we get people coming from miles. That's partly because we have tried not to reinvent the wheel and we suddenly realize that one network might be having pd that another network would then follow suit and maybe do the same so it was trying to share those resources it meant we got more people so wendy talbot in warrigal and um, it was Deborah Gilchrist, and that's just changed. We actually send our flyers and that out to them as well for them to circulate to their network. So we try and draw as much as we can. So, yes, people do come from quite a long way. You've mentioned the um, you have the monthly meetings with the set agenda from the year before, and you have uh, professional development, and of course, there's the social side as well. Are there any other activities that you want to describe in full that Mowell CRT? Well, it's not the Mowell CRT, I beg your pardon, the Latrobe Valley CRT network under takes we've taken pride in trying to encourage local businesses um, and get them involved we have the latrobe valley um, regional gal art gallery and i'm just managing to get that up and running again with nicole brindley so hopefully we'll go there from probably february and we they did a great exhibition there a couple of years back uh, timber taylor soldier sailor and i went with a couple of my friends from the CRT network and we went and saw it and I found out who the education officer was and she gave us the pack which I was allowed to put on Dropbox because that's a method of communication. We have a the Trove Valley Dropbox folder so people can um, access it. I invite them to it. Um, we've used regularly um, the Reader's Emporium in a bookshop in uh, Traralgon and Andrew had never done anything like this before and we kind of twisted her arm and convinced her that she'd be great at it and she went through all the books that were useful for students with dyslexia uh, and that was that was the first one we went to and then she's had local authors come in we're going next month and she's a local author coming in with a book that's really probably suited to uh, primary and maybe the very lower years of secondary. But then she's got uh, Carleen Haylock, who's working at Tyres Primary, who's doing a lot of work on things like brain gyms and how to improve the children. She's going to talk about the dominance factor. So, you know, we've been very, very fortunate that we've had local people like that. We've had local principals come in. We had the principal from one of our local special schools come and talk to us. We had um, the principal from the secondary school that I work in who came and talked to us about when things were changing about the um, child protection and what they were having to put in place to make certain that everybody that was coming into contact with them had got the right protocol so they could actually go into the classroom or have links. So we try and make certain for CRTs who find it difficult to get work and for some of them to get 20 days a year is really very difficult out here in the regional area. There's a limited number of schools um, and some of them have amalgamated. So it's quite difficult. So we try and bring everybody up to date. Recently, the anaphylaxis altered. You don't do the rubbing bit and the counting now. So we made certain they were aware of that. We got someone in from health to do the asthma training. So everybody's now, well, everybody who came has obviously done the asthma training. They're doing the anaphylaxis training. And again, the school I work at have said that they will do the testing. 
because when we did it a few years back, if you knew a nurse or somebody, they could do it. Now they've got trained people in schools. So a lot of the schools are, are saying, look, we will help you out. So we're, we're using a lot of local resources, um, trying to get people to think outside the box. I think I've just about succeeded with that in that if they go, even with their children, to an exhibition, you can use that in your teaching. Think about it. And I gave the example of the James Bond exhibition a couple of years ago, that you could use that with any group of children, but you would alter what you did. So a young child, you might just try and get them to come up with a new gadget. An older child would have to probably draw it in like a design and technology thing and develop it. You could even do it for um, script writing. There was all sorts of things you could do. And I think people are slowly realizing PD isn't necessarily always the curriculum. We do a lot of that as well, but it's other things as well. I, I um, just love the, the breadth that you have in that and um, that you are continually redefining it and going outside of even just teachers as experts, like going to the local bookstore and asking for advice about what young readers would be interested in. Um, these are phenomenally great ideas for professional development. So well done there. Oh, just, I was Sorry, Ian, did I catch you? Oh, I was going to say, Aaron's covered a lot of what we've done, but there's even more. Uh, we've had uh, groups like um, uh, we had uh, the Money Smart people come and do a PD for us which is something that you can access uh, as a school as well. Uh, we've had many PDs uh, on dyslexia and, and autism, and they have been done through uh, groups like Amaze. Uh, we've had the um, classroom music sessions, which is done through Amuse, which is the music educators. Um, and we've also done first aid uh, PDs where people do their whole uh, first aid PD for the appropriate level um, and we do a regular CPR update each year. Um, actually next year we'll come up to the three years so we'll need to be doing the whole first aid again. Um, many of these programs are requested so that the CRTs can keep their qualifications updated, you know, and um, it helps them to be prepared when they go into work, but it also gives them um, something else in their, you know, personal life as well, because all those things are, are useful. I remember when when we were meeting in the um, uh, St Vincent's Primary School in Morwell, um, we had one of the teachers there shared with us um, how to use a green screen. And we've also had um, a teacher from Commercial Road, which is now defunct, as they, they've become another school, um, come and share with us about uh, the sorts of um, books that she uses to help kids to get in touch with their feelings and therefore in getting in touch with their feelings, they get to understand more about the motivation behind why they do things. And, and um, that's gone into a whole program in many schools. They call it different things. Um, I just can't recall what they call it at Commercial Road, but I know that at Morwell Central, where I do most of my work, which is um, a new school this year, um, they call it Aspire. Um, and those letters of Aspire have a particular, um, I can't remember what they all relate to, to be honest. But 
Um, they they have a particular uh, word that they constantly go over it with their children on a fortnightly basis, looking at those different values. So that is right throughout the school from perhaps through the year six. So it's it's constantly in kids' heads, you know, that we need to learn how to get along in relationships and stuff. So yeah, those are the sorts of things that we've been able to uh, to get as well. And uh, yeah, um, it was really really great to um, have um, early early on. We had uh, Churchill North involved uh, in the early days, and um, the, the teacher that actually started doing this with me um, in 2009 was a Catholic school teacher. And the reason I started with this was because I didn't actually know where I'd get PD from. and Because I had always been in the school as a teacher and suddenly I was doing CRT work, and which I, I chose to do. Um, and I hadn't sort of realised what CRTs have to do. So that was a, a good learning lesson. But I, I contacted the VIT and there was a lady there called Dawn Colcutt who had written um, a, a paper on um, CRTs and their needs. And so the VIT were right up to, the, up to it with that. And they got the education department involved. And there was funding and stuff then. But um, all that changes with government changes. And um, hence why we're having a great time doing the, um, the Teacher Learning Network CRTPD. Um, that's been something that we've really um, taken on board this year. And we've uh, used some of those uh, PDs in our sessions. We've um, just logged in and used the, um, the data screen to uh, catch into us, uh, get us into a session. And then um, from that, we we're able to stop the video as it goes and discuss as a group. And that uh, activity, you know, where we actually get more opportunity to talk um, is very valuable um, because actually expressing ideas about what you do is, is one fantastic way to retain the knowledge. And I think that's what you miss as a CRT. You, you don't often get involved in staff meetings. So in a way, our regular meetings are almost like staff meetings. We've also um, asked members of our group if they had things that they would like to share. And we've had people who have bought a storybook. In fact, one of our members did our first PD at the Reader's Emporium and she bought a book. And I asked her, and she was very nervous, to run a session on how it could be used in the classroom. And she did that. Um, I did one on Scootle a couple of years back. Ian did on Reading Recovery when that was still ongoing. Because we suddenly realised from when we had the email in September 2016 that the funding was going, what we were going to do. So we all started thinking about what we could do and I persuaded people that it wasn't anything scary to talk in front. They knew us, it was a good audience and we'd all be very receptive and that's worked. And we've, we've had other people as well, as Ian has said. Now one of the things before this year when the funding had gone was what did we want to do? And it was agreed last year that we would open a bank account we had a mandate from the group. We discussed it all. And what we did was we opened a bank account as a Latrobe Valley CRT club account. And four of us are signatures on the cheque. So 
we're very conscious that you know the money is well kept and that money is used for if we have a PD that we need to offset some costs for that the money's there and what we tend to do as well is for certain PDs we ask for a non-refundable booking fee usually ten dollars so that that can be used to pay and cover the costs of some of the local business people who like Andrea's keeping a bookshop open for us beyond the shop time till about eight o'clock so we can help fund their costs because they are small businesses and they are doing us a really big favor and initially when we had no money they were doing it for free so we're trying to pay back a little bit to the community so it goes into the bank account so when we do have like the CPR and the first aid, the people who are taking part pay for that. And that is obviously the full rate. And then we can write a check for that to pay or do a bank transfer to pay the whole amount. And then when we do things like we want to try and provide a supper, we can use that money from the participants as well, that it helps cover the supper costs with our local subway where we've got a good relationship going. So again, I think that's probably something that other networks we haven't heard are doing that. So, but we made certain that everything was covered and the I's dotted and the, the T's crossed in terms of the money. So there's four of us and there's got to be a minimum of two signatures on any check. Um, and it, it seems to work and they, they, they're very appreciative and we always put it to them as well. Look, are you happy if we have a booking fee for this particular PD? And usually the consensus is yes. And it is only those people who attend who pay it. But we make it non-refundable because we've usually confirmed numbers. We did try doing a subscription um, a couple of, two or three years back. And that didn't work because we have 125 people on the email distribution list. Maybe when we have some of the PDs, we might get up to 30 attending. Probably, if I'm honest, a lot of the time it's between 10 and 15. And so getting the money in just didn't work. So we've tried this instead and it seems to work. So we give them the bank account number and they can transfer it or they can go in and pay the cash. We tell them there's a code they have to put in. We, Ian and I, have a, a file that nobody else has access to at the minute and we list the participants. I write them out a um, receipt so that when they do their tax at the end of the year, they can actually submit that to their tax consultant for their tax as well. That's actually very helpful because um, often um, I'm talking to small associations or networks and they're trying to work out how they can do it in a fair way and still um, keep the cost down and yet still guarantee that people are going to turn up to courses. So it sounds like you've actually found a, a magic formula there of engaging people but keeping the costs yeah. a lot lower than driving the milk. I don't know whether day. we can say it's um, my, it's the actual correct formula. It works for us. It does work for us. Uh, and as I say, we make we certain that I have a copy of all the receipts and they get a, they get a copy of their receipt and they keep it and we just so it's up to them if they put it in for the tax. Mine will go. The, the other thing is that the, the, the bank that we do this through is a uh, well known for its community involvement and it um, the, the people there actually helped us to find the best account um, so that we'll never have to pay any fees because you know it's the way. Well, there are fees, but we won't have to pay any because it's they get, they return you know money on things. Um, so it's a 
it's actually really helpful to know that there's a bank out there that can help us in the community like that. So uh, I don't know that we can actually plug them on the on the the uh, oh, well, the Bendigo Bank oh, in Terrelgan. Okay. They've been very helpful. There's <laughs> some great people there. They've done some great work for us. Well, that's fantastic. Good work should be rewarded as some sort of plug. That's fine. Um, what I, I what I'm hearing constantly from both of you though is that you're asking the right people and asking people for advice and asking people to share experiences. And although you made very um, certain to mention that you do try and pay the cost back, especially to community members who are giving up time, etc. Um, it does sound like. Um, you have the confidence at least to ask somebody and often people may even just volunteer to help you, uh, which I think sometimes uh, teachers do forget that even just asking a question, they think, oh, I won't ask that question or I'm not good enough to ask that question. I, I agree with that. I think a lot, of, uh, a lot of teachers don't have the confidence to ask. I know I probably wouldn't um, have it, it was just myself. For me, I wouldn't. But because um, we're working for each other, you know, you feel more confident to actually go and ask people these things. And um, yeah, there, there is there's a lot of great community stuff out there, uh, which um, fortunately we, we've discovered by just going and doing it. Yeah. So and and it's actually had the effect of helping a lot of the teachers themselves who are in the group to actually realise, hey, we're just like. You know, we're just like this, and we can go and do those sorts of things. So it actually does; it has a, a, a good effect on everyone, really, because it, it um, says, well, instead of saying, "Well, I can't do that," it says, "Well, why not give it a go?" You know. What I also love, because you're building people in that way, but you're also building up teachers, like asking them to present professional development. And I, I know your um, your pain on this one because often we'll ask people to do uh, presentations in terms of professional development. They'll say, oh no, I'm not good enough to present PD or I, I don't have anything to offer. Um, teachers have a wealth of information to offer and all you need to do is get up and start sharing and people will be so thankful for you sharing their um, your experience or your pedagogical strategy or, or whatever. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm so glad that you're empowering local teachers to present. We have. We, sorry. We, we've had um, somebody come in because um, we've noticed that there's an increase of Sudanese children. And so we had somebody come and present to us, it's a couple of years now, about Sudanese. And that was really excellent to understand how they have children operated and what maybe their background was and I've certainly at the high school I work in there are some students that I come across quite regularly and they are perhaps the eldest of maybe seven or eight and they have got to look after those children their, their siblings after school and before school so homework doesn't tend to be high priority with the girls they're expected to look after family um, we also have as amongst our members um, somebody who is was diagnosed as autistic and she and her daughter came in and gave us a presentation on what it's like and what some of the pitfalls and the problems are and how we could help so rather than just hearing it from somebody who's special needs trained we were actually hearing it from somebody herself who has had to struggle and cope with some of this and that's excellent and it's invaluable to us 
um, because it makes us think a little bit more about, you know, what are we doing? Where we're perhaps saying, look, can you just be quiet? Realizing that's a way that they sometimes need to cope with things and we're perhaps not quite au fait or as good as we think we like to think we are. I was just thinking um, that each time I've seen, um, there's, there's some teachers in the in the um, group that, that have come along um, who become so enthusiastic, you know, about telling you the sorts of achievements they've had that it's really rewarding to be in the position that Karen and I are in, I think, because um, they see that we're interested in what they're doing. Um, but the same token, we are um, also able to share in a similar way with other people. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a the support of each other is so um, vital and, and such a, a great thing to have as a teacher. Um, and um, you know, like I, I, we 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 just did a um, a cyberbullying PD with Karen doing it last night, for example, and I think she was pretty worried about it, but I thought she did a great job. And we, we've even done a similar sort of PD recently using the um, TLM. Um, CRPTD, um, and well, Karen's actually added to that. You know, like there was new things we learnt from having done that, and then we found, and by having um, seeing how Karen's actually gone in and looked at things and and used her experiences um, to share with us, it actually just brings it back to uh, us understanding how uh, important it is, you know, to take seriously all of these issues around technology. There's a lot of us who are teaching now, um, well, my age anyway, <laughs> haven't actually um, been involved in those sorts of issues. I mean, I remember teaching in 1983, and that was the first year there was a computer. So, you know, it's What's just it? interesting to think that so, we've come know, so far in such a short time. To think that we've come so far in such a short time. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, we asked for feedback to this podcast tonight because it is not our, Ian and I, I mean by that, network. It is our whole group network and we wanted to represent what they felt about the network. And Actually, I was glossing over bits and they said, no, you mustn't gloss over that because they were very appreciative of what Ian and I do and have done and I said oh but we can't blow our own trumpet yes you've got to blow your own trumpet and it, it was it's heartening to read some of the things that was emailed and to listen to people last night because sometimes as you know Amy when you're doing things you think oh I've got to go and do that if I don't do it now it'll never get done um, but there was one who actually said that she didn't think she would still be in the profession if she hadn't found us and I call our meetings when we haven't got any PD with P guest speakers coming in, what I term as our bread and butter meetings. And I keep saying to people, yes, it's all very well turning up when we try and have the PD that you maybe think is exciting, but if we don't have our bread and butter meetings, we wouldn't continue to exist. So this particular member always says, I'm coming to your bread and butter meeting. I sort of got that into the system. And she couldn't be there site, but she sent me quite a long email and was actually saying that she'd felt isolated alone and a little daunted 
when she first tried to come back into teaching after eight years being out while she'd had her children and she really felt that we've made her stay in teaching and I think that was absolutely wonderful that the group is self-supporting and supports everybody in it and everybody was saying the same thing that they all felt that without um, the fact that we try and keep the group going and we made that a conscious decision back in 2013 I think it was wasn't it um, to keep going that the network somebody else said has enabled me and hopefully others to feel supported as a CRT and informed about changes in trends curriculum and professional requirements and standards and it's nice to hear those comments um, we knew it I suppose um, but it was it was a bit embarrassing really hearing it last night and they and I was trying to gloss over it and said no you mustn't you mustn't and we are going to be listening so there you go folks I, I think it's incredibly important to receive that feedback and to understand the impact that you are having on an incredibly isolated group of teachers. Um, to say group, I really do mean very broadly, as a CRT or a casual teacher, emergency teacher, whatever term you want to use, often you're not included in the school culture. Now you can get lucky and the school will actually include you in their culture and um, you'll feel part of that community. But quite often um, a, a CRT is, is isolated in their practice. And when you go into a classroom and you, and you work with the students, uh, having somewhere to go and debrief about what you saw, what happened, um, uh, what sort of um, input or feedback you had from the students. Teachers take that for granted when they're part of a faculty or they're part of a school. Uh, CRTs often don't get that that opportunity. So aside from all the great PD you'd... Last night when somebody actually said that they viewed it now as well because wellbeing is a really big initiative, that they actually viewed the network as helping with their wellbeing. And... Um, so, I mean, we, we've always done it, but we've never labelled it, I suppose, is the thing. It's just what you would do in the group. And, and we, we, we also find out, like, I was asked by my high school, can you tell your network we're looking for more CRTs? And people from primary sector have said, um, can you send me an email? Can you send this out? So, such and such a school is wanting CRT. So we have that sort of network going on as well. And they say it's very difficult for some people. I think more so maybe the primary sector. Um, I think secondary isn't so bad from the point of view that when you go in, you do any subject. Uh, the primary CRTs look at us in horror when we say, well, we don't get one class for the day. You know, we might do Japanese here. We might get music there or we might get that. And they'll say, well, what are your subjects? And I'll say, well, actually, my subjects are history, English and business studies. What have you done? Well, I've done Japanese, I've done music, I get physics, so you know, you name it, we get it. Um, and so I think they've that everybody's now realised that we do support each other, uh, and that's great. And if we have a bad day, there's certainly a couple from the network who I meet regularly outside of the meetings, and we de-stress with our coffee, or as my colleague says, it's a collegiate discussion. We're having uh, a collegiate discussion over a cup of coffee. Um, no, that's fantastic. Um, one of the terms uh, which one of my friends is an ex-principal uses, um, Karen Forbes, I should give her the credit for the, the term, she uses the term visiting teacher rather than casual teacher or relief teacher or any of those sorts of um, terms because she wants to enforce to her school um, that uh, 
the person coming in who is relieving as a teacher is actually bringing all of their wealth of experience and they're, they're actually just visiting our school community rather than um, replacing somebody or just turning up for the day or any of those sort of sentiments. So often it is just the way we term things or or feel about ourselves, um, which I think is what your network is doing so well, is you're, you're building a real identity of, no, we are proud, we are CRTs, and this is who we are as profession. Um, you're doing that incredibly well. It's, it's a wonderful thing to see. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. <laughs> You've both just gone quiet there. Um, all right. We also have a blog. I started the blog uh, before Karen came along, actually. Um, and the idea of the blog was to have the information about things. and But it also is a like a one-stop shop where um, uh, upcoming dates and stuff are listed. Um, so it's an alternative to the Dropbox now. Um, it's actually not up to date at the moment. So if you went on today, you wouldn't find yesterday's meeting listed because I've been a bit slack. But um, I do intend on getting back there and, and working on it. And, and I found that um, there are people who actually go on there and and they'll um, you know find out information that's relevant to them um, because I tend to do some sort of report on. PDs that we've been to, and leave it up there for you know uh, for most of the year, so that there's a little spot to go to, so people can sort of read about what it was like, um, and also that helps me as well because it's a way of um, me recording what I've done for PD as well, which of course you have to do as a teacher for your registration anyway. So um, yeah, so. Um, yeah, this is another thing that we do. One question we asked last night was how people found out about the network. And what we started doing, and I've been a bit remiss on that, I've got to get going with it, was that with any flyers, for like example, ne next month when we're doing the Regis Emporium, I did a flyer and I sent it with, out as a separate attachment and asked anybody who was working in a school to put it into their school and it was headed up for CRTs. And we have got a lot of people through that and by word of mouth that the a CRT in a school will say, have you heard about us? And they pass their email contact on to me. And not a couple of years ago, because I had a contact at what is now Fed Uni, but it was Monash Gippsland at the time in the education, he kept putting them up for us for their fourth year students so that they had a point of contact and some of the fourth year students came and joined us. Now unfortunately he left and went overseas and I didn't have another contact but recently there's been three that we know of in a school with one of our CRTs who's got their information and, and has we've added them to the list so we're now trying to get the fourth year students again from what is now Fed Uni out at the Gippsland campus to get involved because some of them may not find a job when they finish training and will end up being a CRT so that they know there is somebody out there that can give them some support. We use, we haven't done it for a while, we need to do it again with some of the younger teachers is share the resources, uh, what people had rather than reinventing the wheel and that worked very use, very well. But just talking to some of us, the CRTs, they don't know the networks exist. 
Now, whether that's because they can't navigate the IT website and find where it is, which is where I incidentally found out where the Latrobe Valley one was and went just went along to what first meeting or what, I don't know. But there is a need somehow to make those students who are going to come into the profession and to make CRTs moving into the area or maybe coming back into the workplace to really know that those networks are out there and to make contact. So we've been quite, we've tried to foster that and promote that as a way of getting people to realize. That's fantastic. I, uh, you said that some of the um, early career teachers won't find work. Unfortunately, statistics really do show that most of them won't find work and most of them will start as CRTs. So um, I've worked a lot with early career teachers um, in the past and I will continue to do so in the future. Uh, part of what I see is often they are isolated when they first get out of teaching, they haven't got a network. Um, so to be in a, a CRT network like yours, and not only have that collegiality, but to also have access to, you know, mentors uh, such as yourselves, experienced teachers who can um, softly mentor them as they begin their teaching career. It's going to be a very interesting um, place to even research and study. I hope someone takes that up. Uh, what's going on in those networks and that inter um, that 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 work that's been shared between very experienced teachers and extremely new teachers to the profession. So thank you for doing all that work. I should point out that you mentioned that um, you'd been a bit slack in getting the blog post up in and um, Karen, you also chided yourself for not getting a flyer out. Um, you're doing this work as volunteers. Uh, so I think it possibly being a little bit hard on yourselves there if you're you know, two weeks out of date or something, gosh. Uh, well, maybe we should just touch um, base in the year and, and, and see how you're going and see what that, um, things have changed. Um, you guys, CRT PD, will still be doing stuff next year because I think um, we're all a little bit nervous about what was going to happen and I think we've been pleasantly surprised and, um, you know, like, um, it, we would have liked to have more face-to-face -face PD but we realise you've got um, funding um, you know, minutes like everything, <laughs> and uh, and, that, and we reckon that um, we've done a great job with the the way that uh, things have come together. Having all that PD online is fantastic. Um, yeah. So. Well, thank you, and I, I should clarify for people who might be interested and don't know. Um, Teacher Learning Network has. Um, been providing with new, uh, with sorry Victorian uh, Department of Education funding free professional development for CRTs across the state and because it is across the state we've had to do most of it online. Um, we did have um, a, a slew of uh, events that did go into regional areas around the state and two in, in Melbourne itself um, of which one went to Morwell um, which was fantastic because we had such a great turnout. Um, but yeah, the, the whole funding question for 2018, I don't know the answer. So uh, let's all cross our fingers and hope that the department continues to fund CRTPD. Well, we certainly hope so, Amy, because it has been very good. And we have um, used the facilities at the AEU to actually do the sessions as Ian said together. Um, and pre previous to that, for a while, the TLN um, and the AEU and the IEU, instead of us having to go to Morwell, they did some online. 
And so I, because we, we have, one of the things we haven't mentioned is we've had had the union reps come up and talk to us at various times. We've had Kylie Busk, we've had um, Marino came up and I've been in touch with Adam a lot and we got in touch and did the things with Glenn Pearsall. And people came here because I put it through my computer onto our big television screen and I was keyed in the questions everybody had. And again, we could discuss it. And so we're, now we've, we've been doing a similar thing with yours. We've been putting it on the screen, having our discussions, and later on, they've, everybody's gone back in and got their certificates. So it's been fantastic because initially when I first had to go to Melbourne, it was a 4 a.m. get up to get the train to get down to try and make certain we were there for the time uh, that it was starting. And to be honest, you do that once or twice, and it wears a bit thin. So it's great where we can actually do things online and it is much better when we can do it as a group as we said earlier because then everybody can ask their questions and if you, somebody misses it somebody else has got it and we can have a discussion and talk about how we've been affected or not and was it something we need to be aware of and and that they've been fantastic so we are really hoping the funding continues through next year everybody yeah, the program you were referring to is the Victorian branches of both the Australian Education Union and the Independent Education Union got together and had the PD in the pub program. Was that the one that um, came regionally as well as was online? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, it did come regionally and we managed to actually be able to attend it even though it was mainly based for um, your graduates teachers and that, that Adam said yes we could do it so we took part in those some people did go to one when it came to Trialgan and others we did them online um, but there were other some of the other CRT um, conferences they did online as well um, like some of the kickstart programs you couldn't do all the workshops you were limited to the ones you could join in but that meant that we had more people so we all brought a share plate here so that was our lunch catered for because we found the first time we did it online that, that everybody down in Melbourne had time for lunch and we were frantically trying to sort out lunch while before we it started again so we did a share plate and that worked Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, no, thank you for remembering that. There's there's, there's actually a, a fair bit of PD out there. It's just knowing the places to look. So I would encourage people to go onto the, the AU or the IU's website. Um, Teacher Learning Network itself um, has the tln.org.au website where there is more professional development, such as we've got upcoming CRT conferences in there as well. And of course, the, um, the, the now famous, hopefully, the CRTPD.com, which is completely free for Victorian CRTs. So um, yeah, look around. Um, I, I, I would encourage any listeners to really Google and Google well and ask people what sort of PD they've done, because quite often there are these little hidden snippets yeah, of free for PD example, around. I, I know there, know there was one that was done at the uh, Carambara Cold Creek. Um, All right. It's like a like the Ballarat's um, Eureka Stockade thing, you know, whatever they call it. There, it's a it's a, a old coal mining town. Um, there was a um, one of the people there uh, did some work on. Um, uh, well, historically, it's looking looking at um, items and working out uh, what you can tell from those items about. The history of the time, which was quite interesting. I mean, I, when I thought of it, I thought, oh, this is probably more secondary. But once I did the PD, I thought, well, if I was actually in a class and I was, we had a particular unit on, say, um, 
gadgets, for example, you can actually put these particular things like a cassette, you know, just a little, a little um, audio cassette, which some people may not know what that is these days. Or like I, at home, I have a little record player that my grandmother had when she, in, in the 20s, 1920s. Um, and it's totally um, a, a wind-up thing, you know, so uh, totally powered by wind-up stuff. So there, there's, you know, just by looking at some of those things, uh, it actually gets you in touch with history in a different way. And, and uh, so that was one that was uh, free as well. Um, it was run by a grant from um, somewhere that the uh, Old Creek people got onto. Yeah, um, quite often local museums and local art galleries will have professional development for teachers. Um, so it's just a matter of sometimes even just asking them and they'll go, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. We'll put on a night um, because they know not only are they getting people through the doors who are teachers, but if it's a teacher, they're more than likely going to tell a school who will bring back students. So, um, yeah, sometimes it's just a matter of asking and finding out what's available. All right. Um, do you have any concluding remarks or anything like that or should we just... I'll just say thank you very much, Amy, happy for having us speaking. today. Um, uh, we feel very privileged to um, be able to speak to other people. We hope that what we've said uh, will encourage other teachers around wherever they are <laughs> to actually have a go and go out there and um, be brave, um, you know, to um, uh, go further than what they might think they're able to go to actually get the stimulation they need to do the best, be the best teachers they can do. And perhaps if anybody would like to ask us any questions at any point or needs a little bit of help, if they let you know. Absolutely. Um, I'll share my email at the end of the podcast, so listen out for that if you want to. I'm more than happy to pass on um, information to Karen and Ian. So I want to thank you for yet again volunteering more time to um, talk about CRT um, problems, but also ways around those problems in terms of accessing PD and forming a community of support um, to assist with CRT wellness and all sorts of different things. So I want to thank you for your time and dedication to helping out your CRT network. I know there are other people who also volunteer with that, so please pass on our thanks to them as well. Um, and uh, thank you for sharing everything because I think there's going to be um, lots of people who are community to which they can belong. So thank you very much for your time and your efforts. This episode was recorded a few weeks ago. I'm pleased to be able to say that Teacher Learning Network has received an extension of funding from the Victorian Department of Education and Training to continue the free CRT project until the end of 2018. All Victorian CRTs can access the free PD by going to www.crtpd.com. Teacher Learning Network thanks all of the CRTs who have been involved in the project and we're excited to be working again with you in 2018. If you'd like to get in touch regarding this podcast, you can find us on our Facebook page, Educationally Sound, or email us via podcasts at tln.org.au. We're looking for stories from teachers around Australia, so if you have a story you want to share, get in touch. All you have to be doing is something that you're proud of, and that's a story we want to hear about. Thanks very much for listening. I'm Amy Cotton, on behalf of Teacher Learning Network.
Teacher Learning Network is a professional development provider based in Australia. For one flat yearly fee, you can access as much professional development as you like online. There are membership structures for schools and teachers. For more information, go to tln.org.au. See you online. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au